No Bull, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And a good Friday to you, Noble, with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Friday. Sean, the background? Yeah, your name? Um, we got to get the iron out, all right, because so there's a little crease there. It's very nice. From what you tell me, it's a football field. It looks it, like yeah. a cloudy. It looks like Bob. Here. Do you know who Bob here. Ross is? Do you know who Bob? Dude. You've got. Dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fluffy clouds back Fill there, Fill for Schubert. me for a second. Uh-huh. I'm... I'm I'll feel for you because it looks like your background. You got the fluffy clouds, just some nice fluffy clouds. I'm assuming you're getting me some kind of a Bob Ross picture right now. Uh, and now Schubert is back with us. Um, dude, it's a Bob Ross Bob figurine, dude. <laughs> Bob Ross, my dude. I got a bunch. I got a Bob Ross sunshade in there. I got all sorts of Bob Ross stuff. Bob Ross is, Bob my, Ross dude. is my guy. He's my guy, man. Oh you man, kidding that, me? That, I'll tell you this. Happy the, so Happy we dreams. have a lot of we have a lot of comments and you know mention you know people talk to us what they like about the show what they don't like about the show I'm gonna be honest with you now that you've upgraded some of the first things I always hear from people is Schubert's got to do something about that background so the fact and that it, you did it's already an improvement we're already off to a much better start today than we have been in previous shows so let's go and this is across a bunch of different ventures that I have you know I I produce some other stuff and I work with some other mm -hmm. stuff and I'm on camera for that stuff and I get the yeah, same mention like, the draft network it's a big yeah, deal you guys are a big deal I, yeah I produce some shows for them their main mm -hmm. their main show their draft dude show and every time we do a live stream I get grilled oh Chris what do you when I was back in in the New York uh studios it was oh Chris you're in an Ikea warehouse because it was blue and, and yellow like I get I get grilled on a weekly basis it's unbelievable so I finally tried to, to put something together and you, the first thing you come out with is, dude, we got to get the iron. I can't even get like a, well, I can't get any positivity right out of because the I'm assuming when you opened that bad boy up, it was folded very nice and neat, folded, and a nice yeah. little pack. You can see the fold marks. You got to break the iron out. You know, I mean, you're 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 also very, you're very lax. I don't own an iron. I, so. I, well, oh, it, your clothing shows. So you know, we 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 figured that part out. But you know, if you can just maybe pull it tight, spray it with some water or something, maybe get a little wrinkles out a of there. Steamer. But, I got a little mini steamer. I can steamer, use. Steamer might work. But you're okay. already you're already in the you're already you're already in the improvement category, right? Your arrow your arrow is green and pointing up right now in terms of your background. So if we, were, um, if we power rankings, I'm trending upwards. I'm yes, moving up very much board. so, very much very so. Good. So that's enough for the folks uh -huh. who just listen to this program and can't even see what we're talking about. Let's go ahead and find out what's in the lead. This is the one they're talking about. It's been a busy couple of days here, Sean Crespin, mainly in the National Football League. Four job openings appear to be crossed off the list. All right, four of the seven. We'll start with the one that I think is a little bit shocking, although I think we all expected it at this point. Urban Meyer is going to be the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars down there in Duval County. Robert Sala is going to be the new head coach for the New York Football Jets. I have my Jet sweatshirt on for those yeah, of you who are Pause there. Only... Let's go ahead and let's just, just talk about that one right away. How do you feel? I think you should feel pretty good. I like. I mean, if... I'm, I love guys who just love the game of football. Sure. And sure. that is a man who has to have not one but two get-back coaches with him at all times. His energy level is through the roof. And his love for the game of football is you can feel it through the screen when you watch it. I think you guys got a good coach. You got a passionate dude who clearly cares. He loves the game of football. It is the Jets, so we don't know if it's going to work out. But I think you made sure. a good hire. You, you, you didn't Jets this one up. You made a good hire. I like it. 
Listen, I'm wearing the sweatshirt. That should tell you all you need to know about <laughs> yeah. how I feel about it. I, I love this decision. I thought the process was great. I think that's the thing I keep harping back on. They interviewed everybody. They went to every length possible to pick their guy. Unlike Jacksonville, who just all of a sudden, uh, Shad Khan woke up and said, Urban Meyer's my guy, and then did this whole, oh, we'll just interview a bunch of people just because. But it was Urban Meyer the whole time. They did just you? interviewed everybody. Did you hear him? No, I mean, we're all over the place here. No, so please. what the hell? It's a podcast. It's a what the hell? Did you hear his comments about, you know, he he's going to handle the uh, right now they don't have a GM. So he's going to handle the personnel right now, as in Shad Khan, the owner, not Urban Meyer. He's he, going to go ahead and that he wants that he's going to have control. That's why he picked Urban Meyer, Schubert, dude. He's got a yes guy. I've been saying this for the last two, three weeks when Urban Meyer's name first came up. This is why bad teams stay bad. Right there, top to bottom. It starts at the top and goes. Get out of the way with your awesome mustache and just have an awesome mustache and not make football decisions and just be the owner and sit on your yacht. That's all you got to do, Shotgun. That's all. That's it. That's all you got to do. Get out of the way. Let football people be football people. But no, he's gonna meddle. And he has 11 draft picks, including the first overall draft pick with arguably the best prospect since Andrew Luck on the board for you. He's going to meddle in all of this. $100 million in cap space. He's going to blow it. Going to blow it. Remember when it, Remember when everybody was like, oh, thank goodness. You know, we saved Trevor Lawrence from New York. Well, be mm -hmm. careful what you wish for, everybody, because now he's going to Jacksonville with <laughs> right. Urban Meyer and an owner who's going to meddle. Um, okay, so I think you, I think everybody listening now understands our feelings on that hire. Mm -hmm. The Jets hire, the last thing I'll say, I love the process here. Ultimately, Salah was the guy on their list, but not the guy that they had number one on their list. And he thoroughly impressed throughout the process. And they didn't they didn't fall victim to the Jets' ways of like, oh, Doug Peterson's now available. Let's hire him because he has a connection to Joe Douglas. But they didn't fall victim to the moment and, and just hire some guy. They went through the process. They talked to multiple people multiple times. They ended up with Salah. And I think the underrated thing about this, Sean, is who Salah's bringing with him as the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, who is the passing game coordinator in Shanahan. He's a Shanahan disciple. We know what that offense is going to look like. I think this could open the door for Sam Darnold to be the starting quarterback in 2020-2021 for the New York Jets. We'll see how that process plays out. But I think that's an underrated part of this as well. A plus. A I think plus it'll be uh, listen. I'll be, I think it'll be good for for uh, Sam Darnold it, it, because it, with that offense that's clearly coming over, it's not a. It's very much Baker, right? Baker Mayfield, the first couple years with Cleveland, it was, hey, Baker, make this happen for us. We'll get you a lot of shiny pieces and weapons, but you make it happen for us. And then once the fancy got there, it was like, dude, you don't have to do it all. Let's run the ball, play action, boot you out constantly. You don't have to do it all kind of thing. The offense, if you've ever watched a Shanahan offense, dad or son, it's not going to be all on the quarterback. You're going to run the football first. There's going to be a major emphasis on that. And I think that can help out a guy like Sam Darnold, whose career has started the way it has. So, again, you know, I've, I've, I've been telling you since you got off the Sam Darnold train that the guy can play. He's got to be given the right. He's got to be put in the right situation. This might be the right situation. Now we're talking about two guys who have never been in these roles before, right? You got a defensive sure. coordinator becoming a head coach, a passing game coordinator becoming an OC, but I think they have good backgrounds and I think I I got to tell you I don't I don't think you guys jets this up. Now we might have no, a podcast like 2 years from now where I'm going you guys suck. But you know until then we don't know. I don't think I think you guys actually Dude, you did something right. Right. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's Let's go, weird. baby. Um, Come on. J-E-T-S. And then I'll, I'll add this, too, right? Like, this is now where I'm at now because all, the trade destinations for Sam Darnold included San Francisco. And then Zach Wilson, a couple weeks ago, came out and said, I think San Francisco's offense fits me better. So now I'm like, 
we now have a guy who runs the San Francisco offense. So who's our quarterback? Like, I don't know what they're going to do now. So that's now the big decision. Uh, Salah is going to be the head coach. My, uh, Mike Mike uh, LaFleur is going to be the offensive coordinator. And then they'll go from there. We'll see what they ultimately do with the number two pick. And that's going to be the big decision now for Joe Douglas. Okay, we got more coaching. More coaching decisions to, to talk about. Arthur Smith's going to be the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And this one came out of left field, Sean. The Detroit Lions swung and missed on Salah. They interviewed Todd Bowles. Doesn't look like he's going to be their guy because they want to hire Saints assistant head coach Dan Campbell as their new head coaches. He is the favorite. It's not a done deal yet because they can't talk to him because he's still in the playoffs. But that reporting coming out from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network today, that came out of nowhere. So here, that's where we sit. It looks like four jobs are filled, three left on the board. Yeah, the um, I think the, the Detroit one, people are hating on it. Because people get too hung up on titles, right? Like uh, tight ends coach. Oh, you're making a tight ends coach, your head guy? Listen, he's been a, an assistant head coach. He's been with a really good program, very solid program. Uh, working under Sean Payton for a long time, like you know, yeah, it's we're not in the interview process, you know. No. So people stop overreacting. Like, yeah, I know it's Detroit, but uh, a lot of times, I mean, for instance, Frank Reich was, you know, considered just kind of a an offensive quality control type under Peterson in in Philadelphia, and it turns out he may have been the better coach in the situation. So you never know. I know people in Detroit are upset right now because you guys, you your Jets stole their That's number right. one prospect yeah, in terms of their head coach, but let it play out. You never know. Um, so that's where we are with the head coaching search. Three jobs basically remaining if we were to assume that the Lions are going to get Dan Campbell as their guy. That leaves Houston, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles, the Chargers, as the three. All right, Sean, we talked about it on Wednesday, but we have to bring it up once again. The Phoenix Suns, they're going to be sitting out. No game on Saturday for this team. Uh, their potential return has now been moved to Monday, and that will now have been a full week since basketball activity for the Phoenix Suns. So the situation continues to evolve, and it continues to be on pause for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and, and you, it's it's unfortunate, right? Um, the way this team started, as well as they were playing, um, to have to have to hit pause and take an entire week off. You wonder how much of a setback it's going to be. Uh, it's just it's just not good news. And what sucks about it is this is this is all from contact tracing. All right, the Suns have missed. Yeah, they haven't they've had now, a positive test yet. No, yeah. they've lost three games due to with the Wizards' issues. You know, and that's yep. why this is such a pressing issue in the NBA right now. It's it's not like whether or not you have positive tests within your building. If you have an outbreak within your building, but because of the contact tracing protocols within the NBA, just playing a team that has issues can cost you ball games. So. Right now for the Phoenix Suns, it's just it's just unfortunate. And you think back to that game last Monday against the Wizards, and man, how much of a setback was that one individual game? Not only with the way they kicked your ass on the floor, made you second-guess yourself probably in a few areas. I know the fans are at least in a, in, a, in a couple of areas. Not only did it do that, but it also set you back by losing an entire week of, of, of you know, maybe further growth within this roster that's still trying to find their way in many ways. So, uh, it's unfortunate. The Suns, again, not playing until – we'll be doing another podcast, Schubert, yep, two of them, by the, time, them, they, play by the time they play again. We'll have No Bull Live on Sunday. We'll knock out our Monday show in the morning on Monday. The Suns still won't have played a basketball game. It's, it, it's unfortunate. Uh, we should also add uh, some some unfortunate news in the NBA as Carl uh, Anthony Towns put out on social media that he yeah. himself tested positive for COVID-19 and just – just take a step back and just consider everything that Carl Anthony Towns has been through with this virus, his his mom passing away from it, family, I think multiple family members mm -hmm. passing away from it. Now he um, he had it. And, and do yourselves a favor, 
Go look at the statement that he put out on social media to just show the devastation that this virus causes. I think sometimes we forget about this because we're in this sports world. We're wrapped into, oh, these guys are sitting out due to contact tracing and, oh, they had a positive test. This is a serious matter, and, and that's his statement. Uh, go go look at, at what Carl Anthony Towns put on social media because it's just an unfortunate situation that uh, that he has to go through, and he's now going to be away from his team for a little bit. And he gave a shout-out to his niece and nephew and said, hey, I'm not going to be like your grandma. I'm not going to be in a box next to her. And it was, it was chilling to read, to be completely honest with you, when I saw that. Uh, Deshaun Watson also on the social media, Sean, and you had to ask me about this. This is how I know you're getting older and you don't understand how social media works. You had to ask me about the context of okay. something. That doesn't mean I'm getting old. I just saw yeah, a, a, cryptic, a cryptic type tweet, right? There was no context to it. It was just Deshaun Watson tweeting out, started at a two, now I'm at a no, ten. No, please, please, let me quote him accurately. Quote, I was on two, then I took it to ten, the official gotcha. tweet. From so Deshaun I didn't. Watson. I, I that, that, that there's nothing. That's a cryptic type tweet. So I just needed to know the context to it. Doesn't mean I'm old or out of the loop on anything. You said it was a. It was in reference, or people believe it is to have been in reference to an Adam Schefter tweet from a few days ago. So. I, you can't say that's because of my old age. This isn't like it's something yeah. the kids are walking around saying or something that I just don't know about. This is this is a, a cryptic tweet, Schubert. And for those of you who don't know about the Adam Schefter tweet, like Sean, I will read it for you. Doesn't uh, mean you're Schefter old. It just Twitter. means you didn't see Schefter's tweet. Also worth noting, one source said this week that after Houston traded Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins last offseason, Deshaun Watson's anger level was, and this is Schefter now quoting the source, quote, a two, dot, dot, dot. This time, it's a ten. So if you don't want uh, listen, I, I know we have the Twitter detectives connecting the dots. I'll connect the dots, too. That is a yeah. direct callback you to said, the Schefter tweet from a couple of days ago. You said dot, dot, dot is in the source saying it, and in my head I'm going, yep, connect, 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 there it is. Uh, so it would, yeah, it fits, it fits, and it's not good. You know, e even with all this noise, dude, I still sit here on what is it, January fifteenth, and right. and I still will tell you because you and I have gone through this a full circle of a segment of two podcasts ago. His ass will still be playing for the Texans next year. So we can talk about all the cryptic tweets we want. We can talk about all the noise we want. We can have all the former uh, Wall of Fame or whatever the Texans do wide receivers talking about how they waste people's uh waste people's careers and you can have Alan, you know yeah, i believe it was the term. okay for andre johnson this is who i'm referencing from a tweet he did he said he said yeah, from a you can't even you are old dude you can't remember a tweet from yesterday houston, it was a couple days you ago me? but houston is known for wasting people's talents i think he said and then you had deandre hopkins who said when when andre speaks you should listen all this noise Deshaun Watson, starting quarterback. He's going to be a Texan next year. Yeah. So, you know, that's just all this noise is fun to talk about. But, yeah, he'll be a Texan next year. All right, Sean. Uh, we're going to wrap up the weekend style. If you could, mm -hmm. please, uh, cue up the orchestra, fire the music off. We have ourselves a Friday edition of 60 Seconds of Baseball. Because today, Sean, is a pretty big day in Major League Baseball. This is the arbitration number deadline. This is the opportunity when teams have to either come to terms on one-year deals uh, with their arbitration or multi-year extensions with their uh, arbitration-eligible players, or they swap numbers, and then they're going to go to an arbitration hearing. So this is where the Francisco Lindors, the Chris Bryants of the world, they all um, 
they all either settle on deals in which the guy two guys i just mentioned did or they're going to go to arbitration and what this does is when you do settle on a number it gives teams a little bit of more of a finer picture on what kind of salary that they have available when trying to consider with the luxury tax so we saw some big moves today Corey kluber signs with the yankees it looks like one year 11 million dollars and dj lemayhew resigns with the yankees six years 90 million this might be the stuff this kind of day like this with all this news coming out and all these dollars this could be the thing, and I know I've said it a couple times now, that gets this market moving, right? JT Realmuto is still out there. He, he apparently got a five-year deal from the Philadelphia uh, uh, Phillies that's sitting on his desk. JT um, George Springer, Trevor Bauer, there's still big names out there. Maybe this is the ball that gets everything moving. 60 Man, seconds. The 60 seconds just flies. And when sometimes. we're talking about arbitration yeah. stuff, I have to uphold the clock. Come on, 60 seconds is all you get of arbitration talk. You know, you want to talk about legends who have passed on. Yeah, I'll give you an extra 60. You want to talk about whether or not we're going to get 162 games and maybe, you know, avoiding a contract dispute. I'll give you an extra 60. But arbitration talk, I'm sorry. I'm sticking by the clock. We have to move on. Coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, two quarterbacks continue their journey for Super Bowl title number two. Which one of them needs it more? We'll get into it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, let me tell you about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951 and a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But furthermore, not just Earnhardt Auto Centers, but Noble.com. Noble.com, 10,000 vehicles available to you at any time right there at your fingertips. And of course, the Noble Express option as well. Let's turn the entire buying process, Schubert, into an absolute breeze from right there in your own home. You're finally back in Gilbert, Arizona, from right there in your own home, right. Schubert. Noble Express at Noble.com. They'll bring a vehicle to your front door for you to test drive your financial application online. They're going to deliver your ride to you once you're finished with your purchasing process. You don't even have to leave your front door or your apartment, in your case, Schubert, to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that absolutely cannot be beat. Earnhardt Auto Center is a name you know you can trust. 69-year commitment from their family to yours and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. You brought this question to my attention during prep, and we've talked about it on the show many times. In, in our prep process, we just throw random questions at each other and see <laughs> if if something see if it just leads somewhere. And then we're like, "Oh, that's a good segment. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this on the show." And this was one of those that we went back and forth on, and and we're putting it here in the show because there are two quarterbacks playing both on the the NFC side of things. That if you look at their uh, their Wikipedia pages and you look at their you know career accomplishments, it will say one-time Super Bowl champions. And the two quarterbacks that I'm referencing, uh, Drew Brees, who Super Bowl champion, and then the other one is Aaron Rodgers. Both of those guys, Sean, just with one Super Bowl championship to their name. And you asked me a very pointed question. Which one of these two gentlemen, which one of these two guys who are still in the postseason, only having one Super Bowl championship, needs that second championship to solidify their legacy? Which one would have more harm done by not getting to number two? And the question will be, yeah, but he only got one Super Bowl, right? Which which quarterback's going to have that attached to their career more? And Sean... I think it's pretty obvious that they are, and the answer to this question is Aaron Rodgers. And you know, I, I don't think it's that obvious. I really don't think it is. Who's had the more stable? And, I, and the reason I came up with this I, this topic is looking ahead, right? I, I believe the Packers are going to beat the Rams, and I believe the Saints are going to beat the Bucks, which means the NFC Championship. Dude, dude we're game. doing picks in like five minutes, dude. Come on, Sorry. you can't give away. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Gracious. I'll tell you why in a moment. Uh, but I believe you're going to end up with Rodgers and Breeze in the NFC Championship game. 
right? Which means one of them is going to punch their ticket to their second Super Bowl. One of them is going to get that second opportunity because not only do each one of these guys only have one Super Bowl win, they've also only have one Super Bowl appearance to each one of their names, right? So which one needs it more to cement that legacy? I think we're both in agreement that they're both Hall of Famers. I don't think that's even a, a question here. But in terms of just, you know, we talk about it all the time with Michael Jordan and LeBron. You know, who's the GOAT? And everybody goes to the rings, right? You know, to have that second Super Bowl, I think, is a big statement. So who needs it more? And, and, and you know, you said Aaron Rodgers is the obvious answer. I disagree. Who's had the more stability throughout their career and hasn't been able to get it done? Who, who has the stability? Who hasn't had to change coaches? Who's had more support in terms of talent around yeah, but, but him? But look I mean, at the way Drew Brees loses playoff games, man. Like That's not his fault. It's not his fault that the Minneapolis miracle happens. It's not his fault that the referees can't call clearly pass interference late in the game. Like Those are things that only can happen to Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers is the more talented quarterback. He's the more gifted quarterback. There have been stretches where we have asked, is Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback talent-wise to ever play this game? And yet he has one Super Bowl appearance. And by the way, Sean, it's not like Aaron Rodgers has gone through 18 head coaches in his career. For the longest time, it was one guy. It was Mike McCarthy. So the stability argument applies to Aaron Rodgers as well, and they've made a transition to a new coach, and he's picked up right where he's left off. So I, I don't I don't think stability is the is the thing we should go I think to. Aaron, well, he didn't pick up right where he left off. Last year wasn't great. Year two within the system, he's now they're they're really starting to hum in Green Bay. But you but stability wise, you're talking about Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I mean, let me ask you this. Let's let's build upon this 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 question. I think both. I think the answer to the original question is both of them. Both of them, if they want to be considered amongst the the all time greats. Um, they'll do themselves a favor by winning a ring. You you know in the conversations that you and I have had, I don't use rings as a major factor in terms of how I, right, neither do I. rank right. my Peyton Manning is a top five quarterback of all Thank time. You. He's got one, right? Thank I mean, so well, who Peyton Manning? No, he's got he's got more well, than Peyton's that. Peyton's got two. Yeah. Sorry, two. So, uh, I forgot about I, the Denver one for a second. So yeah, Peyton's got two. So you know it, it, they can do themselves some favor by winning another one to put themselves in those conversations. But um, let me ask you this. Will you will you consider it an underachievement if either of them don't get another one? So like let's say Drew doesn't get another one and or Aaron does not get another one because this this very mel this this could be Drew's last game Sunday. Sure. If they, they lose, they lose there's the no box. guarantee yeah. he's coming back. So if that happens, would you consider it an underachievement that through his career he had people considered him and Sean Payton one of, if not the better coach-quarterback duo in the league a handful of times throughout their career. Uh, think of all the talent he's had come through offensively. With Would you consider it an underachievement to only get to one Super Bowl? Not to not win, Drew, but just get to one for Drew Brees. For Drew Brees, no. Right? And, why? and here's why. Why would and you here's call why. it an underachievement? It, no, no, no. It, it's not. He, he, he wouldn't have underachieved. And here's why. Not right? him. Just the overall. You know what I mean? The, the sure, Saints. sure. The stigma. The stigma around his career will yes. be like you underachieved. You only got the one Super Bowl. And, and and I and I don't think so. And here's why. This is extremely narrative based. This conversation. And when we consider the narrative around Drew Brees, Drew Brees, in in the, in the NFL that we've seen, shouldn't succeed. Right? He's short. He had the injury in San Diego that, you know, he had to go someplace else to resurrect his career. He's playing with house money, Sean. He got to the Super Bowl. He won it. He shouldn't be one of the best quarterbacks in the league when you consider all of the things that are knocks against him. Oh, he gets passes batted down at the line. He's too short, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he had to go someplace else, like I said, to resurrect his career, right? Aaron Rodgers is 
gifted. He is the best, one of the best, if not the best, actual talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. So yes. there's a different expectation there. So that's why I think it's underachieving for Rodgers to only get to one where Breeze is playing with house money at this point. When I'm saying underachieving, I'm not pointing at the, the, the quarterbacks. I just mean the whole the team itself, the coaching staff. Would you just consider it an underachievement for Sean Payton and Drew Brees to only get to one? Because clearly a dude who has five 5,000-yard seasons did not underachieve in his career. That's I, I'm Correct. not saying that. I'm just saying, does it feel like if you're a Saints fan, you almost feel like, damn, dude, we got one? We had Drew well, and but Sean I think Payton everybody feels that way long? that isn't the New England Patriots. Right? Right. Everybody Drew, feels that way. Drew and Sean Payton this long, and we got one? You know, or if you're, or how about if you're a Packer fan, and you went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and you got two? You're talking yeah, I mean, about nearly Peyton's thirty got, got years. You're talking about nearly thirty years of football, and you got two when it goes from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Right. So, if you're a fan, of, I mean, are are you looking at what you've accomplished with all the years of Aaron Rodgers? Say he doesn't get another one, and you're thinking, "Damn, we underachieved." Is that a feeling I think is fair? For me. Is that fair? Yeah, that's why I think it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Because I think there is this expe- – the expectations are a little different for the two quarterbacks, right? I think the expectation for Aaron Rodgers is, dude, you should be in the in the NFC Championship game every year. You're freaking Aaron Rodgers, right? He, You're one of the best quarterbacks never, on the planet. He's never had a 5,000-yard passing season. Drew's had five. Well, right. And 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 the thing is, is I, I think when you think about Drew Brees, right, there are just all these things that come to mind to make you think, yeah, dude's already had a great career, right? He's got one Super Bowl, has all those those yards, probably shouldn't even be in the spot that he's in, shouldn't be playing this long like he is. It, dude's playing with house money. I'll keep using that phrase. Dude's playing with house money. Whereas for Aaron Rodgers, it's a different narrative. Like, it is disappointing that he's only been to one Super Bowl because... Again, he's so freaking talented. He should be in multiple Super Bowls. Excuse me. I looked it up. He only has four 5,000-yard oh, seasons. Please, I, apologies from season. me to, you know, yeah. to, to, to make him sound you know, better. That He had a, a 4,952-yard season. Why don't we just round that one up and still give him five? Uh, but I, so think it's, I, I, I think it's Rodgers. I think it's Rodgers. That, that, that needs this more. That to needs it more. more of his that legacy. Okay. Yes. I mean, I, I can buy that. I just – I think Especially, it's your, uh, John, think about who he's compared to, right? The guy who was you mentioned it, the guy right before him. He's he's even with him though. So he's got to get another one to surpass him in a lot of people's minds. All right, I get by. So for me, just so everybody's clear, you know, I'm bringing I'm I'm talking I'm bringing this up for the sake of conversation. I don't think rings make or break your career in the NFL in the slightest. It is the oh, ultimate team game. Have one. No, right. and the well, and the guy that I always point to is Larry Fitzgerald, right? Larry Fitzgerald split the Steelers' safeties and gave the Cardinals the lead with under three minutes left on the clock. His defense let him down. If if he if, if his defense makes the stop, it doesn't make Larry a better player for it because he has a ring. You know what I mean? So you can't use Correct. rings. You can't ring. It, it, it's it's the ultimate team game. Uh, but I do think if you're a fan of either one of these teams. You're looking at the fact that you had Drew Brees. When did he get to New Orleans? He got to he got to the Saints in 2006. So this he's just spent 15 years with the Saints. Yeah, one. And you got one. So I think if you're a fan, you're like, damn, have we underachieved? And if you're a fan of Aaron Rodgers, you know he he got to Green Bay in in 05, but didn't start playing until 08 when uh, when they finally moved off of Brett. So you know you're looking at 13, 13 years. And you've got one. And you got one. And, you know, and let's let's say he. Dude, it's hard to win a championship, man. It it's not easy. Okay? I'm not saying. Like, oh, trust difficult. me. Uh, you're a Jets fan. I'm a Raiders guy. Both of okay? us understand what that's like. Yeah, it's difficult. But but to, I think you know if you're a fan of either one of these teams, that that thought has to cross your mind. Uh, let uh, here. The reason I brought this up is because 
I believe these two te- these two quarterbacks are going to be yeah, across from you. each you other. Ruined the whole uh, back half so of let's the just let's just get to the yeah, back half okay. of the segment here. We got some picks to make for the divisional round really? of the National Football hmm. League playoff. Let's go, Schubert. Where are we starting? Well, Sean, we're going we're to go in order of the way the games are being played. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who's maybe just joining this part of the podcast somehow. Rams at Packers is the first game. And I guess, you know, Sean, don't even make the pick, okay? Because we know what you're taking. <laughs> you're taking the Green Bay Packers. Okay. And I'll join you, right? And I'll, I'll join you in this I mean, pursuit. I mean, you got because... a Rams team who, at quarterback, they're banged up. One's got a busted thumb. The other one's got a busted neck. Um, well, he's out. Like, Walford's shout, out. Yeah, so it's I was Jared just going to say, shout out to uh, Bryce Perkins, by the way. Uh, local kid here in Arizona suiting right. up for his first uh, first ever time in the National Football League. He gets, he's going to dress for the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, and a big shout-out to Coach Minucci. Dan Minucci has coached him his Minucci. entire life. Yeah, uh, so that, that's awesome. But the, uh, the, 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 the Rams are just too beat up. You know, Aaron Donald's going to give it a go, but he's – He's got a rib issue as well. And we're talking about playing in 35, I think it's going to be 34, 35 degrees and a potential chance of snow. So you're talking about a broken thumb in the cold. You're talking about banged up ribs in the cold for Aaron Donald. Like the Rams are just too beat up. Uh, The Packers sitting at home last week getting healthy. They should absolutely roll in this football game. So give me the go pack go over the top of the Rams this week. Yep, I get the Packers, and I think it's pretty easy to see why just everything in their favor. Mm -hmm. All right, the other Saturday game, Sean, this is clearly the game of the weekend, the Ravens at the Bills. Yeah, uh, listen, the Bills, here's, this is why this game is so interesting to me. Uh, Few teams were playing better football down the stretch than the Buffalo Bills. However, the Bills struggle to stop the run significantly this year. They give up over 4.6 yards per carry you got a Ravens team that has devoted to the run like nobody's business. And a Lamar Jackson, who is, uh, looked like he was, he was playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder there in the, in the wild card round. So a team that can really run the ball in the, in the Baltimore Ravens. A Bills team where that might be your, own, your biggest weakness is stopping the run. But the Bills have been playing really good football, and they're at home. There's a chance for snow in this game as well. I think there's a chance to up to an inch of snow uh, in this football game. Uh, it's already in their heads a little bit, I think, in terms of, of Lamar Jackson. At a press conference this week, he was talking about how he hopes it doesn't snow because he's never played in the snow. Um, I'm going to lean Bills in a close one. I think I take the under in this football game. Uh, but I think it's going to be the I think the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons, get past this one, and make your, punch their ticket to the AFC Championship game for the first time since 95. Listen, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, but guess what? Those wagons aren't going to have any wheels on them because Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are pulling the upset on the road. I'm going I'm to stake my claim on this one. I believe in this team's ability to run the football. They showed what their defense was able to do. They they stopped Derrick Henry. They shut him down in that game against the Tennessee Titans. And guess what? The Bills don't have a running game that even closely resembles what Tennessee has. I think this defense shows up. I think they caused a couple turnovers. They caused some fits for Josh Allen. I'm calling it now. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson win another playoff game to completely put to bed this narrative about Lamar can't winning a playoff game. The Ravens win, and the Ravens will be playing in the AFC Championship game. All right, John. Go to Sunday's games. Browns. Mm-hmm. At the Chiefs. Now, I, listen, it is on brand for you to completely slander the, the, the Cleveland Browns at every chance you get. So I do not. I, I'm going I'm to mark you down for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I yield two minutes. The floor they're, is yours to are, say what you want to say, but I'm marking you down for the Chiefs. They're 10-point favorites. Everybody should get marked down for the Chiefs. You know, Andy Reid, 18-3 and three off of a bye week. It's at home. Uh, they're 10-point favorites. Everybody should be marked down by the Chiefs. But I'll tell you this. How do you beat this Kansas City Chiefs team? 
keep you keep that offense on the sideline as much as you can. And but you do that by running the football. Uh, run the football, build off the play-action game. That's how you beat this Kansas City Chiefs team. But if you go back to the only team that's beat them this year when they had a full complement out there, <clears throat> if you go back to that oh game. How did, how did this happen? How did this happen? That how game, did we get it? You're you, not in the playoffs. How do you bring your team off? Listen, because there's a recipe to beating the Chiefs, and, it, and, the, and the Browns have two of the three factors, I believe. Run the ball as much as you can to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline as much as you can. Be able to get after the quarterback with your front four, not have to send a lot of pressure off the edge, not blitzing because he'll get you there too, but he is going to make his. The Chiefs will get theirs at times, and you're going to have to make some big plays to keep up with them. For instance, and that's where I was going with this, Schubert, when the Raiders actually beat them this year, they had a 59-yard touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. They had a 72-yard touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs, and then they slowed it down with the running game and were able to hang on at Arrowhead. That's the recipe. I don't know if the Browns have the explosiveness to do that. They have two of the three. They can run the football. They can try to keep them on the sideline. They can get after you with their front four. But when when it comes down to trying to keep pace, and there will be a stretch in this game where they're going to need to do that, I don't know if the Browns have the explosive ability to do just that. So the Kansas City Chiefs should be heavily favored. Give me the Chiefs. And it's not slandering the Browns. That's actual. That's that's legitimate football talk there, Schubert. That's not slandering the Browns. Chiefs win, Browns cover, right? And and I, I think it's simple in this regard. The Browns cover because Patrick Mahomes and the main starter for the Kansas City Chiefs will not have played for two weeks. They didn't play in week 17, and they had the bye last week. It's going to be a slow start for them. It's just the nature of the way these these things work. Also, the Chiefs haven't covered a spread over seven points in, I think, like a month or so. I think is the statistic. They're the Browns one, have the recipe. Yeah, since the last time they had a 10-point spread, the last time they did was against the, uh, it was against the uh, Panthers. Right, it was a ten-point spread. They yeah, wound up beating the Panthers. Pan- they beat game. the no, they 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 beat the Panthers by two. Since the Panthers then, almost won that game. Yeah, since then they're like 0-6 and one against the spread since that point. Yeah. So it, it, this is the Kansas City Chiefs that have not pulled away a lot this year. So ten points, I think, is a little is a little much. I'd agree with you. I think the Chiefs win the game. Browns Browns probably cover uh, seven, eight, nine point difference. But you know, it's it, they're, they're still going to win the game. And thanks for for interfering in my time, right? I gave you oh, the sorry. two minutes on the floor. You you now just taking time away from fa- me. To- hey, Chris, it's not very often that I have a fancy gambling stat. I had one. I had to get that's, it out that's there. That's fair. You know, yeah. good point. That's fair. All right, that's a good point. But yeah, I think I think the Browns cover this game. I think the Chiefs win. I think it's simple, right? The Browns have the recipe to slow the game down and slow the clock down, and I think that allows the game to be close, right? If they're able to run the football and they get out to a little bit of an early lead because the Chiefs start to struggle, I think that's what keeps this game close. But I do yeah. think the Chiefs ultimately win. All right, last game on the schedule and then we're gonna play a little buy or sell to close out the show the bucks at the saints and you know sean kind of gave this one away too really appreciate that sean i'll go first then in this one and then you can explain why you're picking the saints mm-hmm. give me tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers right this is not going to be what it was the first two times that these teams played week one when it was a totally different offense than what we're seeing right now. And it is not going to be the blowout that we saw in week nine on Sunday Night Football. We are not going to relive this again, okay? The the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go into New Orleans and they are going to beat the New Orleans Saints because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. They looked uh, like at the end of the season like they were starting to get it together. They survived against the Washington team who gave them struggles, but I don't think the Saints defense can create the same type of, of pressure that this Washington team did. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game against the New Orleans Saints. Plus, it just makes Sean head explode because I picked the Bucs. So that's also just, fun. Well, I just I don't know what gives you that 
reasoning. I mean, even if you go, so game week one, I give you that, right? Really no off season, all the changes, you're bringing in a new quarterback, a lot of new pieces. All right, you lose to the Saints 34 to 23. But fast forward eight more weeks to week nine, November 8th, Sunday night football. How do you another how year? Do you, that was a year ago. What are you talking about? How do you explain the thirty-eight to three loss? And it's not like I don't they explain were, it. It happened. It's not like they were banged up. They had Godwin. They had Brown. They had Fournette playing. Evans was playing. I mean, they had a full complement. And Sean Payton, he he just flat out has Bruce Arians' number. He's his kryptonite. It, there, there's no other way to explain it. Thirty-eight to three is the final score from Week Nine. And if you look at it, man, I mean, if you. I don't know what what people are buying when it comes to the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is their schedule late. They beat up on the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, and the Falcons again. And they have losses to the Chiefs. They have losses to the Rams. They have that loss to the Saints that I talked about. They lost to the Bears. They lost to the Saints in Week 1. Their only win against a team with a winning record this year is the Green Bay Packers in Week 6. They don't they play. They don't play well. They fell down ten nothing right away, and then the wheels fell off. The Packers found some quicksand. They don't play well against teams with winning records. Like we always got to put context to these things. Oh, they look like they're figuring it out. Oh, cool against the Panthers, Vikings, Falcons, and Lions. Awesome. Really, you figured it out. But yeah, but you lose to the Chiefs. You lose to the Rams. You lose to the Saints. You lose to the Bears. Like playoff teams. You struggled. So what's going to make me think that you can turn around the 38-3 to loss in Week 9 in the divisional round of the playoffs when you've won one damn game against a team with a winning record? How am I supposed to buy that? Saints roll. Saints roll, he says. Yes. My goodness. My goodness. Okay, we're on different sides on this one. So to recap, we both took the Packers. You took the Bills. I took the Ravens. We both took the Chiefs. And you took the Saints. I took the Bucks. There you have mm-hmm. it. Those are our picks here. Uh, on the Friday edition of the show. All right, I teased it, Sean. Why don't we play a little buy or sell to close the program? We'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, have to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and big news. I've told you about it all week. I'm going to put hold it up to the camera right now. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good it does mean feel- all over. Mm-hmm. This good too. Manscaped trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs. I'm going to actually take it out of the box here on the Friday edition and show everybody the new Manscaped refined cologne. The perfect package 3.0. Everybody knows about that. All your below the waist grooming needs, but you know, Manscaped hasn't stopped there. That You can complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. So you have the Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and the crop formulations, the ball toner, the ball deodorant that we talk about, and this new refined Manscaped cologne. Well, just head over to Manscaped.com, and if you use promo code NOBLE when you check out, you are going to get 20% off and free shipping. It is that simple. So head over to Manscaped.com, check out everything that they have, the Perfect Package 3.0, the Lawnmower 3.0, the new cologne, the ball toner, the ball deodorant, t-shirts, underwear, you name it, they have it. And if you use the promo code NOBLE when you check out, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping your balls. And now your body will thank you. Okay, Sean Crespin, I pulled the list here of our buy or sell topics. It's on a different mm-hmm. screen here. All right, we're, we're good. I have the sound effects ready to go here on the soundboard. And for those of you maybe just joining us for the first time playing buy or sell, we throw a topic out there where you buy or sell the statement at hand. And normally this gets into a very semantics argument with the way the question is worded. But, <laughs> you know, we, we try to be fair in our, yeah. in our statements here. All right, Buy or sell number one here. Mm-hmm. After the week off that the Suns are now going to have, since they will not play again until at least Monday, 
You are expecting there to be a drop-off for this Phoenix Suns team. You are expecting there to be rust on this basketball team, that they're not going to look the same way they did to their 7-4 okay. and four start. To I'm the glad year. you clarified that what drop-off uh, would mean in here. Well, they did lose 3 of 5 heading into this quote-unquote break. So I got to buy it. I got to buy it, Schubert. I mean, you, you can't take a week off in the middle of the season. And by week off, I don't mean like, oh, we're not playing games. No, like a week off. Yep. When you're still trying to find out where everybody's going to be on the floor, find a rhythm, you know, and not expect it to have some kind of an effect. You know, taking this week off, I mentioned it earlier in the show in, in what, what was in the lead. The Suns have lost now an entire week of, of play after getting your ass kicked against the Wizards last Monday. That, that, that alone makes you just jones to get back on the floor, right? Erase that feeling of getting beat down the way you did. And then instead, you're told you can't play for a week. Like, yeah, you, there's going to be some kind of an inf- effect from it. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, you're, you've got to buy that. There's going to be some kind of a residual effect from this. Yep, I'm going to buy this as well. And I, I think it's because listen, you haven't done anything for a week. But also, you weren't playing that great heading into this, this time off, right? They were losers of three of five against teams that... You know, we, we did this earlier in the week. We looked at the schedule and we, we, we cautioned everybody not to panic. And I don't think we should. I'm not, I'm not walking off of that ledge. No. But you, you haven't been playing good basketball. So you combine that with now taking a week off and being able to do anything. Yeah, it's going to be rusty, right? It could it could look very similar to the way it looked when you played Washington on Monday, right? Where just everything went wrong. Like nothing went right. That might It might take a little bit to get out of that funk. So, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's obvious to expect uh, this team to drop off, but this is where the veteran leadership comes in. This is where the additions of CP3 and Jay Crowder have to kind of navigate these waters that are going to that are going to you know be upon this team for the next couple of games. It when they do restart, when they do get back to basketball activity, we assume Monday, but we're not sure. All right, Sean, we open the show talking about all the head coaching hires uh, that have been made and only three jobs remaining. And, and Sean, there's a name that has not been you know, announced as a head coach. Eric Bieniemy is not uh, getting one of these jobs yet. He's got three potential chances left, the Eagles, the Chargers, or the Texans. So I ask you this, Sean, buy or sell, Eric Bieniemy will get one of the three remaining job openings. I'm going to sell that, actually. Sell, sell, sell. And it's kind of odd considering, you know, the the way things felt the last couple of years, most people had Eric Bieniemy as maybe your top candidate to land a head coaching position of the rest of the of the coordinators that were left in the NFL. But you know, according to SportsBetting.com, he's not Look the odd, he's not the odds-on favorite for any of the vacant head coaching positions still available. And let's call it like it is: if he doesn't land a head coaching job and he remains where he's at for 2021. Is the man in a bad spot? No. He's the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs fighting for a ring and coaching Patrick Mahomes. So he doesn't have to be in a hurry. Find the right job. You know, find sure. the right job for you. Uh, so, no, I, I'm going to say no. I think he's back with the Kansas City Chiefs next year. Um, I could be wrong, but I, it just it just feels as if that's the way things are heading that he'll be back with the Chiefs next year. And if you're Eric Bieniemy, that's not that bad of a gig. It's really not. Yeah, I'll, I'll join you. 
Because let's be honest, what's the only what? There's only one job that I think he's going to get, right? Like I, I don't think Philly makes sense for nope. a variety of reasons. That's not a situation he's going to want to leave Kansas City to jump into. The Chargers just feel destined to hire Brian Dable to work with Justin Herbert, right? That feels like just a match made in heaven that the media has just kind of anointed as a thing, and it's basically like the worst kept secret in the National Football League. It's Houston or bust for Eric Bieniemy. Deshaun Watson is kind of thrown out there, at least behind the scenes from what, what is being reported, that Eric Bieniemy is the guy that he wants to be a coach. The Texans have requested an interview with Bieniemy, so he isn't going to interview for that job. But that feels like the only spot left for him, right? The Jets made a lot of sense. Jacksonville could have been a pivot, maybe, if they didn't go Urban Meyer. Atlanta, maybe, to try to get an offensive mind there to work with Matt Ryan. But he didn't get any of those. All three of those jobs are filled, so it feels like Houston or bust. And, you know, it just... Sean, I don't know what is happening here because he's, I mean, you've seen what he's been able to do as an offensive coordinator in Kansas City. He's certainly deserving of one of these jobs, but there's something that's stopping him from getting one of these jobs, it, whether it's interviewing not going well or he doesn't necessarily love the fits and he's just trying to be super cautious and pick the right spot. Can't blame a guy for that. We just don't know what's going on here. Or do people, another cycle. Yeah. Or do people believe Andy Reid is more of the, you know, the, the reason right. for the success in Kansas City and he's just kind of along with the ride, but I, I can't imagine that being the case. But if that was the case, that goes back to my point. The interview process will, will, will give you that information, right? When you have these lengthy interview processes, sure. you could probably get that hint that, okay, sure. maybe he's not as involved in the offense as we thought. But this is now what year two of him going through this cycle. Yeah. He's being named as this hot commodity. This is the guy. This is the guy you want. And yet it just feels like he's not getting a job. It's very weird. It's very strange to me. And I think it's Houston or bust for him at this point. All right, Sean, a little NFL playoff buy or sell here for you. Lamar Jackson needs to win this weekend to completely silence his critics. He needs to win this weekend. Oh, I'm going to, I'll sell that. He doesn't, he doesn't need to win this week because he's young, dude. He's 25 years old. Like he's got plenty of football in front of him to silence whatever people feel about him but i'll tell you this it'll go a long ways you know if 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 people still aren't sold on him as a quarterback that can lead a team deep into the postseason it'll go a long ways to put yourself in an afc championship game winning two on the road right i mean it'll do a lot for it i don't think he mm -hmm. needs to though he's got so much football ahead of him i'll tell you this though he does need still he does need to improve as a you know in the pocket throwing the football you know you saw that interception to start the game put the team in a hole there's going to be times in a playoff run where you're going to have to put you know the game's going to be put on your arm as a quarterback in the nfl uh so he needs to improve there but does he need to win this game no he has so much football ahead of him man but it'll go a long ways when you punch your ticket to a conference championship game it definitely helps I don't like how much we're agreeing on this show here today. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, and, and I agree. Here's why. I, I thought the narrative was a little bogus to begin with, that all, you know, Lamar Jackson's now not a good quarterback because he doesn't play well in the postseason. I mentioned it last week when we were discussing this, that him continuing to lose in the postseason is really going to cost him money, right? That's going to be the big thing is because the, the Ravens were going to look at it and say, okay, you're not getting it done when it matters. How can we justify giving you, you know, a contract that's going to pay you 35, 36, 37, you know, north of that millions of dollars a year. So that narrative he kind of busted last week. I don't think he needs to win. I think he's shown that he has the ability to be a difference maker, to be that, that playmaker, that game changer that we all see during the regular season. And he won when it mattered most. Now, I'll tell you what, if he beats the Bills, I think there'll be a whole new conversation about how you know we were we were too quick to judge Lamar Jackson in his postseason record, right? We, the, the the complete reverse of this narrative will happen. That's how quickly these things can change. I don't think he needs to, but if he does, it will certainly completely change this narrative altogether. Sean, we made it all the way to the show without talking about the James Harden trade. The Brooklyn Nets. <laughs>
are now the favorites in the Eastern Conference now after the James Harden trade. Buy or sell? Oh, I sell that. Hard sell. Uh, hard sell. Sell, sell, sell. I just don't know how this is going to work. I, I, I mean, because last I remember last on the last podcast, I did a Google search to make sure there was still only one. There. Yeah, still I know, only that was one on Wednesday. basketball. Yeah, still, still only one basketball, basketball, basketball that gets used in a game. Only one, right? Yeah. In an NBA game. So until there's, <laughs> hey, you know, there's three options one. of guys who are one. still one. Yeah, guys who are very ball dominant. It's going to be difficult for them to find that rhythm. You know, and I know people keep bringing up the fact, oh, well, you know, they, Oklahoma City, they play together. That was before James Harden was James Harden, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? That was... Before KD was KD, to be honest. To yeah, be I mean, it's a little, diff- a little different now. So, no, I, I just don't know how that thing's going to gel. I really don't. So I, I can't... No, I can't put them as the favorite in the East. Absolutely not. This is uncomfortable. So, so. So. This is supposed to be like heated debate. We're supposed to like mm-hmm. yell at each other. We're supposed to disagree. Yet all we're doing is agreeing. And and listen, you talk about the basketball. There's only one of them. Somebody's got to play defense. Okay, they have to stop <laughs> right. the, the, the other team. It's true. Okay, Kevin Durant's coming off of Achilles injury. He's not the premier defender that we saw in Golden State and in, in Oklahoma City. He just can't be right. He, he's still rehabbing that leg. I don't know if you've noticed, Sean, but James Harden not known for his defensive prowess no? out there on the basketball court, and neither is Kyrie, right? Not known for being these, these stalwart defenders yeah. out there uh, making big plays. They also got rid of Jared Allen in this trade, who's one of their better rebounders. So, like, I, DeMarcus Cousins now has to be their, their premier rebounder. That's my concern. How do they stop everybody? They're, you know, I saw I was listening to local radio in New York, and they were like, yeah, they can score 140, but they're going to give up 148 because they can't play defense. And every game is going to hit the over because it's just going to be up and down the court. And and I still think, come crunch time in the playoffs, I wonder if they're going to be able to divvy up who gets the ball last. And it's going to become a lot of just everybody clear out of the way and let one of these guys handle the basketball. Maybe not so much Durant, but I just don't know if that's going to work. Now, they got a lot of time to figure it out. So right now, I'm going to say no, that they're not the favorites. I still like Milwaukee better. I still think I like Miami better. It's just a deeper team. But, boy, could they get there by the time the season's end? I think so, but not right now. No. It's going to take two two of them at least to check their ego. Okay, right? Like to, to really check the ego and just accept and understand you're a role player. Like, remember, not necessarily a role player, but you, you have a role. It's not all about you. You know, I, you know listen, I think back to the, to the, uh, the big three in Miami, right, where – it was Dwayne Wade's team. He brings on LeBron, and I think LeBron was still okay with it being Dwayne Wade's team, but they all kind of had their own role. You know what I mean? And they sure, all but, had but, a role in the thing. The difference is, the difference is, and I know everybody likes to compare it to that big three, and this is not, not this is not attempted to be slander against Chris Bosh, right? But look at the big threes in Golden State and now here in, in Brooklyn. Chris Bosh was the number three in... Mm-hmm. In Miami, oh, and he this, was clearly the yeah, number three. Not even arguable. Yeah. Who was the number three in Golden State? It was Steph, Clay, and Kevin Durant, all top fifteen players in the NBA. In Brooklyn, you have three top ten players in the NBA. In Miami, Chris Bosh wasn't a top ten, a top fifteen player. He's a good no. player. He was a he was a, he was a he was a nice added piece to the big three. But right. This that's why you can't compare it to that. It's not like it's not like that in you know, any I, way. But not I'm not comparing in the way they play the game or who they are as players. Just the un, the, the the mental willingness to to accept that you. 
that's what I'm saying. A there's specific a specific Bosch was able to do that because he wasn't a top 15 player in the NBA. I don't know if these guys' egos, when they all know they're top 10 players in the NBA, can check their egos at the door. I don't think they can do it. Sure. Bosch was, was willing to do it. I don't yeah. know if these no, guys I, are. I mean, I agree with you. That's, that's why I had to sell that hard, hard sell on that one. Now, this last one, you wanted to disagree. I think this last one, we well, might be disagreeing be a little bit. Okay. Because so this is kind of my own this, hot take here. The reason this comes up is today, Friday, the day that we're releasing this show, brand new uh, series on Disney Plus came out, WandaVision, the Marvel Universe. And when I was talking about, you know, Sean called me on his way to work today. And he was like, you know, he goes, dude, we got to have some pop culture on the show. And I'm like, well, they, they put out the new WandaVision show. I already watched it. Really had a good time. And Sean, back into the phone, said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm so done with Marvel. It's overrated at this point. So we have now gotten to this buy or sell. Buy or sell, Marvel has reached a point of being overrated. Sean, don't say anything. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. That's for you. Now you can go ahead and explain your trash of a take. You're here. not trash. over the whole Marvel Universe thing yet? Dude, like, not what a, not is left? Like, um, I mean, it, talk about just beating it Great. into the ground. I'd mentioned, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, man. It, they've gone full Top 40 radio with these things. Disney, man, the full Top 40 radio. Let's release a new Marvel thing every six months. Let's release a new Star Wars thing every six months. No, I'm good. I'm all, I'm done with it. I'm superhero thing. I'm out. I'm good. I don't need this. And by the way, the preview for whatever the, what's the name of the show again? WandaVision. Now on looks Disney Plus. Awful. It's fantastic. It looks both episodes today. Terrible. Yeah. So amazing. not only it's was I already good. out on the whole Marvel universe, this looks Don't judge a book by its cover. Dumb. It looks right. dumb. I'm out. Right. I'm out. Let me Let me step in here. So, so, so. This is the, one of the worst takes you've ever had on this show, and here's why. You, you, you call it Top 40 Radio, and the reason why Top 40 Radio is a terrible analogy is because Top 40 Radio plays the, set, the same seven artists over and over and over again. We're entering a new phase of Marvel, baby. There is no Iron Man. There, there, there is no Captain America, right? These guys are all gone. Everybody's moved on. Okay, I don't want to spoil, uh, you know, spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame, but you know, Tony Stark doesn't exist anymore in this universe. Okay, Chris Evans is Dude, old, right? Spoiler I mean, alert. Captain America. Holy is hell. Old, okay, he's, you know, he, he's not there anymore. Okay, we're into this new phase where you have, you know, Wanda and Vision having their own series. We have a series coming out, I believe, next month. Um, you know, uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier as we transition into this new phase of Marvel. Spider-Man starting to evolve. Doctor Strange. We we've entered this new phase. So I it's not the same Marvel. It's a new Marvel. New year, new me, Sean. Come on, be a little positive. Marvel also is just taking off. By the way, this show is great, by the way. Watch the first two episodes. Um, if you love old-timey nostalgia, like rom-coms and sitcoms from like the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you will love this. If you love Marvel stuff, you will love it. It's awesome. It's cool. It's fun. It's different. And and Sean, just like I said about earlier when the Twitter stuff you didn't understand because you're old, this is another you being old and yelling at clouds. That's what it says. Would you like me to just move out of the way where you can yell at the background clouds? Do you and want me to just leave the camera? And the show comes the show just came full circle about your your clouds in the background. Quality. Unbelievable. Well played there, Schubert. Uh well played. But yeah, no, I'm good. I'm out on the Marvel thing. I'm out on the Marvel thing. And if I wasn't such a fan of them when I was a child in terms of the Star Wars thing, I'd probably be on one foot out the door there too. Because I don't need it every six months. What made it great was the fact that it it left you wanting more. They don't do that anymore. It's top forty radio. It's garbage. What are you talking about? Mandalorian season two just ended, and we have to wait a whole another year for Mandalorian season three, dude. Ooh, one like, year. It's crazy. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Meanwhile, crazy. two other movies will come out while you're waiting for that. You know, it, it, it's it, They're ruining it. Put it that way.
disagree strongly. All right, on that mm-hmm. note, that will put an end to this wild and crazy Friday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. And I'll mention it as we do every Friday, uh, Noble Live on Sunday. Uh, Sean and I break down uh, all the playoff action. We'll get you ready for uh, football Sunday. We'll go through some of the biggest stories and sports that happen between now and Sunday. You join us. That's on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. That's a live show. You don't get that on the podcast feed. So we tweet it out on social. We put it out on Facebook. But you're going to want to head over to uh, the uh, the Noble uh, with Chris Crespin and Simone Facebook page because that's where that is. Yeah, and obviously everything, again, compliments of, of Earnhardt Auto Center's proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. I told you about the uh, Noble Express option at noble.com earlier, but if you still want to go check out that new ride in person, new year, new you, new ride, right? 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 different brands. So it doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west, wherever you're at, you want to go check out that new car in person, not necessarily just on noble.com, which is also an option, 10,000 vehicles at your fingertips, but it in person, 19 different Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 brands. Experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and prices that can't be beat. You know it's a name you can trust. Earnhardt, 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers, noble.com. That ain't no bull. And you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at SCrespin02. Like I said, we'll be back on Sunday for No Bull Live. In the meantime, everybody have a great weekend.